0: Block Talk Radio Hey good morning everyone and I got to apologize I was sitting here I've got one phone line that's got static from a huge storm and uh, and I just could not seem to connect with my cell phone so please, please. forgive me for that uh didn't mean to be late to my own doggum show but you know life is uh full of, life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get so it is exciting tomorrow is Thanksgiving you know, and I hope everybody can sit back and just take some time and, be, and think about what they're thankful for. You know, I, it's funny. Yesterday, my my dad and my wife both had their birthday, and my dad got a pretty cool birthday present because he got to come home from the rehab center, and uh, he is going to celebrate Thanksgiving with mom and the and my little brother and family up there. But they're gonna they're gonna be there at the house. You know, so that's that's a cool that right there is something to be thankful for. So, a little shout out to him and mom as we get into today's show. And and you know, this is really today I'm going to be focusing heavy on on some practical stuff that people don't think about until it's too late. How many times on on a personal level? How many times have you gone out to buy a new car? They they you you finally cut the deal. You know, everybody's going to get their little chunk of your money. And you go into the sales manager, and you sit down and hear this. It's more paperwork to fill out than what you do to buy a house. And you think, man, I don't have time to read all this crap. You know, so you say, where do I sign, where do I initial, sign, 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 and off you go. Well, I did that this last year, screwing myself up royally in the in the actual titling of a vehicle. So you got to be cautious. But then I got to thinking, how many of us go out here and we buy a new home? We're sitting there at closing, and here's this pile of paperwork, all these people in suits looking at us, and they're saying, just trust me. It's okay. Just trust me. And they're explaining as fast as they can go, and all you care about is the the, the fact that there's that title lady, and she's got the key to the house. Or you just walked out of the opportunity meeting. You are stoked. You love what you heard. You know this is going to be the one and you you you, you sign on the dotted line or, or you got off the three-way call and you're on the website and you sign it because of the video you just watched. And it's not until after something goes haywire, the honeymoon's over, that we start wondering what the heck just happened. Well, we're going to get to that. Chapter 13 of Dave's book, Three Things Successful People Never Skip, dealing with contracts, vendors, and collections. And you may be saying, Troy, that has nothing to do with me. I'm a home-based business person. I'm, I'm in network marketing. Well, I think it does have something to do with you. Because let's look at it in a different light for a second before I jump into this. How about three things successful Network marketers never skip. Dealing with policies and procedures, dealing with distributors, and dealing with disparaging comments. See, I think you're going to find that what Dave has written in this chapter works for all of us. Dave opens the chapter up. He said, I was so mad I was spitting nails. I watched my dad do that a few times. I shouldn't admit this, but my eyes were bugging out of my head, my heart was pounding, my fists were doubled up, and I was full-on mad. Pete was on the other other end of the phone telling me he was breaking up with me and there was nothing I could do to stop him. But we have a contract. Doesn't that mean anything to you? I was virtually shouting at this guy. I just about exploded when he added insult to injury by laughing at me and saying, Well, boy... You're just going to have to sue me then. And I don't know how many times I've heard this from distributors and company owners both Call me on the phone, literally ticked off about what was going on. And see, what made it even worse for Dave is Dave had just shown up at this guy's radio station. They did a big fundraiser. The guy made massive amounts of money, and then he was calling Dave to tell him, you know that one-year agreement we have to have your show on my radio? I'm cutting it. I'm just going to take you off. And see, here's what happens. Early on in your networking career, you think everything's got to be great. You, you, everybody's happy. Your upline's blowing, blowing like crazy. You know this is the one. And, and, and they say, man, just trust me. And you sign. You don't worry about all the, the nitty-gritty, all that. Now, see, I come from a different world because I I joined Dale Williams, and we had like three or four different contracts we had to sign at the time. So, man, I learned to read some stuff. And then when I got into literally being licensed to do investments, I really knew my butt was on the line. I mean, I was like ten, fifteen dollars 15000 fines if I screw that. Not like that at the lower end of things. See, it's really crazy. And what really hurts me is I get to be the one that has to come in when I see the lawsuits. I'm getting ready to do uh, uh, some stuff for Burke Hedges right after the holiday because of his lawsuit. And it's like... You know, I, I hate seeing this. So what do you do? How do you, how do you look at those contracts, those agreements, the terms, the conditions, the policies and procedures? You need to understand something. Dave writes this so well. He says contracts are not protection against a lawsuit. You have a contract, you have an agreement, you have policies and procedures, you can still get sued, forcing you to defend your position contracts are no guarantee of people performing or doing what they say. Contracts have no mystical powers that make people who have no integrity keep their word. Now I'm going to I'm going to really be controversial for a minute. And I think if you bear with me, you're going to understand what I'm saying. As you guys know, growing up, I had the in some cases the privilege, in other cases the not not maybe not not the privilege of associating with some interesting people both in my dad's camp and in as I became a bounty hunter and, and a bail bondsman i met a lot of organized crime people and and when i would bond them out of jail and they would they would sign my little card let me know the information on the back of the card it said if you don't show up in jail you owe me this amount of money Now, that meant something to the average crook, but it didn't mean anything to someone in organized crime. What mattered to them was their word, was their honor. And when I had a a capo, a, a person that was the captain, and he would call and say, look, we want you to go bond one of our girls out of jail. She just got busted at one of our clubs. He didn't ask me to go do that. We'd already made the arrangements. Money was already already in, in hand. Credit cards on file. And I never worried about that young lady not showing up in court because if she did not show up in court, I would get a check. And we would pay. Now, if if criminals at that level can do business with a handshake, contracts mean nothing to them, then think about the real world. Why is it that we do put so much effort into the paper instead of the word? See, when you join a network marketing company, you're, the, you're really the vendor. You're the, you're the person that the company has contracted with to market their products and services. They're, they're doing their best right this second to put in paper. and we're not, Bear with me. Like I said, we're going to get into this in deeper just a second. They're putting on paper what they want you to do. You're reading that paper over, and you're agreeing to that. It's a two-way street. Although, i got to admit, there are some of those policies and procedures that sure seem to be one-sided, so don't get me wrong here. But it's the integrity of the person behind it that matters. It's not the words on paper. It's no different than when you're standing there in front of your beautiful spouse, your studly man, and and you're saying, I do. It isn't the words, I do, on that paper that you sign and turn it into state. It's the words that you say to each other and the commitment and the contract that you just made verbally and instead of shaking hands, you get to kiss on it. See, at the end of the day, it comes down to our word and our integrity. So when we look at this, we got to understand that what happens is most of us, and Dave writes this so professionally professionally, most of us want to put too much expectations on the contracts, on the agreements, on the terms and conditions. When I posted this out on the social profiles today, I said, I get calls all the time from CEOs and distributors saying, Troy, how can we make this win win? How can we work through this? How how we don't wanna we don't wanna screw up because our attorney gave us great legal advice, but how do we work through this? And that's a tough call. Don Miller, a phenomenal author, wrote a crazy book about about the Velvet Elvis. He wrote something here, and it came off of a a CBS News story when he was talking about Danish people. He said, the happiest people are those with low expectations. Now, don't take that out of context. Dave writes this. He says, when you wield a contract like this, and and, and you expect it to have so much power that you don't have to worry about anything, it's all in the written word that when something happens and something goes wrong and a good deal's gone bad, you get angry. In some cases, we get as angry as when we find out a spouse has cheated on us. I mean, this is a partnership. This is supposed to be something that we're working together on. We're supposed to communicate. And it doesn't work that way. That's why America has more lawsuits than just about any other country. So how do we get over this? How can we get around this? I still say it goes back to the intent. Growing up, I also had the privilege of my dad passing down Westerns to me to read. And I I, I got the really loving history, and I would read how these guys, they didn't worry about paper contracts. Their word was their bond. Of course, then attorneys got into it, and shy characters got into it, And, and obviously you need a good attorney and you need a good contract these days but that's so that you can get out and remember what you promised. See, when when the lawsuits come, I'll I'll use Mark Hedges because I'm going to be doing his stuff coming up next week. When they come, it's because of the breakdown of communication. It's the breakdown of the integrity of what was going on. See, if you're a person of integrity, when you read your contract, when you read your network marketing agreement, then all of a sudden you can say, Now I know what I need to do. This is the promise I made. Dave says this. Use written contracts only to ensure memory and communication among quality people. But don't expect higher of the contract than the people that you deal with. If you're working with a network marketing company and they're rock solid and all the leaderships rock solid, your upline's drop solid, everybody's fulfilling their word, and it's never going to matter about policies and procedures. You know most of the calls I get are after either distributors have been terminated or they've 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 terminated their company and they've gone on somewhere else and they start calling all their friends who they brought into their downline organization and all of a sudden they're 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 getting letters and they're getting lawsuits. Take the time in advance to read what you're signing, and then more than that, you make sure that you're dealing with people of ethics and that you yourself are being an ethical person. Some things that you need to look at in your contract, some things, this is important in your agreements, plan for the best case, but make sure you understand that agreement for the worst case. What happens if you do get terminated? What happens if you cross the line intentionally or unintentionally? Know that. Know what happens if the company goes into bankruptcy. See, these are things today that are mechanical. This isn't emotional rah-rah stuff. This is stuff you got to think about. What happens if you die? What happens if the owner of the company dies? You need to know these things. Here's something that's a little out of the norm, and I want you to think about this because I think this goes to an integrity issue down the road. But it also goes to to some really craziness that I'm seeing actually go on in, in a company called New Ways right now, and it, that's a whole different story that we're getting into as they enter into bankruptcy, maybe. But what happens if the owners of the company get divorced? What happens if you've been dealing with one one person, female or male is irrelevant. They're a rock star. They're helping to lead that company right, but they got a crazy spouse, and that spouse happens to win the company. That's something you never see in a contract, but it's something that you need to be thinking about. How can you make the contract win-win? There's another good thing. And here's something that most distributors never think of, and I don't think most CEOs ever think of either. And Dave hits this in a big way. He says, copies. He says, do make sure all, all parties have fully executed copies. In some states, with some types of contract, your contract is not binding unless all parties have fully executed copies in hand. Remember, the purpose is to have a meeting of the minds, full communication, which is represented by fully executed copies in everybody's hands. A lot of times we electronically sign our agreement, but the company never sends us back a signed agreement where they have signed it. This week I, I entered into a new agreement with an ad network I do business with, and I had to sign the agreement, which I did. Then it went into a holding tank. They had to sign it. And then I got the executed copy back where both of us had signed and agreed to. It. Think about that as you move forward. Okay, talk to your attorneys if, if you have situations like that where you have to to focus on it. Okay, this is important. And you Charlie, totally I don't want to talk about this. Well, it is important and you need to. Collections. I laughed at what I was sitting here saying, how can I equate this to network marketing? Okay. Collections, we all know what that is in the real world. Crying out loud, some of us have been in that situation just because of the economy. But in network marketing, collections comes down to why hasn't my downline done auto shipped this month? Oh. How come their card bounced? How come they turned it off? See, in network marketing, you're in business for yourself. You are you are marketing, you're the vendor for the company. And you're marketing this, and you have subcontractors out there marketing for you, too. You're getting paid on their sales. And if one of them's not on auto ship, which means they're not going to be qualified for full commissions, you need to call them on the phone and find out what's going on. Now, don't act like a collection agency and say, give me your credit card. We're going to get you back on auto ships. But take the time to understand. Serve those people who may have had to cancel their auto ship. That's huge. Now we're going to get into something in the last few minutes of this show that may freak you out. Part of your agreement, part of being a vendor is very, very important here, and I need you to listen up. Sometimes in network marketing, because we're a little bit different than the traditional method, when we talk about contract vendors and collections, we seem to forget about the fact that as an independent business owner who has decided to contract with a specific company to market their products, because we own our own marketing and distribution channel, when the contract goes bad, when the when the auto ship gets turned off, when somebody that used to work with us is now with another company working against us in some cases, because that's the, we're human, that's the way we see it, Cross sponsoring takes place. Somebody starts to quote unquote raid your downline. Is it really your downline? First of all, that's what you got to think about. When the company says our top leader just jumped to another company and now they're 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 ripping apart the line of sponsorship, Dave touches on something here that I think is very important. It's not something that you see written in a contract. It's not something that you hear traditional businessmen or even radio show hosts talk about. But it's called forgiveness. Dave says in the spiritual discussion, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. If a criminal mugs you and steals your purse, from a spiritual perspective, it's 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 fine to be hurt and it's to be angry. It's best to forgive that person, really not not for the for not for their sake as much as for your sake, because that hurt and anger will eat you alive. However, many people confuse forgiveness and reconciliation. And while you forgive the mugger, it doesn't mean that you're going to invite him over for Thanksgiving dinner or to babysit your kids. It means if the dog bites you, forgive it, but stay away from the freaking dog. It bites. See, here's what happens. We get pissed off. We get so mad because somebody that we trusted somebody that we may have broke bread with, somebody that we joked around with and we laughed with, all of a sudden the communication shifted for whatever reason and they leave us. And now we're hurt and we're angry. We're mad. We want to get even. We call our attorney. We call Troy Dooley. We call Rob Cook. We call somebody. We want the world to know these people are jerks. But is that the way to do it? You don't have to reconcile with them, but you need to forgive them. He says this. He says, a debt owed to you or your company should be viewed in the same way. When appropriate, you should forgive the debt. However, that does not mean that I'm suggesting you continue to do business or grant payment terms to that person. See, the way I see it is if a person can't do auto shipping and you find out it's because they jumped somewhere else, If you've got a leader that's been coming up in the ranks and another company wooed them away from you, that means probably if they didn't come to you first, there was no relationship, there was no trust. That's something to think about. If there's no trust, they didn't come and talk to you, do you really want them on your team? So it's probably good that they already left because eventually they would become disgruntled and, and you would have a bad apple in the midst Anyway, we don't think about this, but this is important. So what if you said, you know what, okay, you know, I know they have an agreement, I know they have a contract. I'm going to reach out and say, hey, I know you're over there. Understand that that you found a company, you, you you're getting what you need. That's awesome. Please be respectful to the fact that, you know, we're we're trying to we're we're trying to build something here too. We're all after the same end game. And forgive them. Walk off. Go build your business. Now, if they continue to do something inappropriate, unethical, illegal, by all means, you need to you need to address that legally. Okay, but if you can, you got to do. And here's why. This is why I thought this was so timely. In this, over the last few months, I've been studying a situation <clears throat> with my friend Doran Woodward, and some of the stuff that he's gone through as he's built his. His family business into a, a pretty successful business, I might add, and and now he's launched a new company, and and along the way he's made a lot of a lot of enemies. People just don't like him, and and I'm not here to condone any of his actions. I, I I've already said publicly I think Warren's made a lot of mistakes in his life. Uh, he has addressed some of those mistakes, but he's a godly man out here trying to do something right. I see other godly people that have been part of his organization and now they've separated, they've split for whatever reason. And sometimes you see this lack of forgiveness and people want to sue people. People want to say disparaging comments. They keep that anger and that hurt inside instead of offering that forgiveness. They don't have to reconcile. Go on build something totally separate. But it's that anger inside that it eats you alive and causes you to die. And I've met a lot of angry people in my life. just doesn't work. As a distributor, as an ambassador for your company, as a vendor for that company, integrity is your number one thing. Trust is the basis in any relationship. I'm living by the golden rule. I screw it up every day, but that's my goal. I want my integrity to be above reproach. I want to trust other people, and I want them to be able to trust me. And the depth of the relationship, whether it's business or personal, is limited by the depth of the trust that you have. Going into this holiday, this Thanksgiving, we're going to be off the air today, I mean tomorrow and Friday, I want you to think about this and think about it hard. Because if you will be willing to start living your business life and your personal life by the golden rule, I'm going to treat others the way I want to be treated. If you put integrity, even when it hurts, above everything else, then I'm telling you, here's what's going to happen. This is a this is a principle found in Proverbs 22.1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches Loving favor rather than silver and gold. I don't have a lot of money. I have a boat. I mean, I'm I'm financially independent compared to most of the rest of the world. But if, if we if we look at network marketing terms, you don't see me out there with a with a million dollar boat or or a two hundred thousand dollar car or a, or a, you know a five million dollar mansion. I just happen to be privileged enough to be have married a smarter wife than me, and we live on an island but when you when you step right down to it i would rather have my name and be trusted by many be financially independent and trusted by none give that some thought folks have a phenomenal thanksgiving we will see you monday morning right here on realmentorsradio.com bye now